Hi, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And we're here to keep it real, raw, and what it means to be the confident woman. All right, ladies. So today is going to be a fun episode. So if I were to ask you if it would be beneficial right now to elevate and accelerate your life, I think most people would probably raise their hand at that. So we have our guest with us, Lee, today. That's what she does. She helps women to do that. She's an expert coach. She's the CEO of the Right Planner Company. So I feel like we're going to get a lot of good information from um, from our talk today from Lee about how to grow and accelerate right now. So thanks for coming on with us today, Lee. So Absolutely. Fun. My pleasure. Yeah. So, whoops. So you have... I mean, that just sounds cool, elevate and accelerate. So I'm sure everyone tells you that's what they want in life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Get further, faster, easier, right? Yeah. (laughs) Right. So you do that through obviously a lot of methods, but you focus mainly on your coaching and then your Mm -hmm. planner. So what, how long have you been like coaching? What kind of got you into that space? Oh my goodness. I feel like a lot of people who have ended up where they are, like a very like twisty, turvy. Yeah road journey to getting where I am. So I actually just finished last year, two days ago, last year, my doctorate in nursing. So I was a nurse for, and still am a nurse. I've been a nurse for over um, almost a decade. And yeah, yeah. And what I found though, was so interesting for me during this whole process of becoming a nurse and then training other nurses and becoming a professor and teaching other nurses is I really liked helping people maximize their capabilities and helping them be more productive, helping them plan out things, helping them really identify what it was that they wanted, and then to be able to go after it and and get it as easily and as quickly and as in a fun way as possible. And so I, two years ago, was having a conversation with a friend who had recently um, ventured into her own coaching business. And she said, you know, you're literally doing what I do just you're not getting paid for it. I said, Oh, well that's, Ouch. that's interesting. Yeah. Like I, I didn't even really think about that. She's like, you're you're helping your, you know, your your consulting and, and working with your friends and people are like seeking you out. Like friends are referring people to you to like ask questions. And she's like, why are you not doing this for yourself? And I was raised in like very far away from entrepreneurship. So entrepreneur being an entrepreneur was very foreign to me. And so really these last few years have been like taking what I've been doing for practically my whole life and, and figuring out a way to actually build it into a business for myself and that I can then help more people. So did you learn that entrepreneurship is everything but boring when she started? <laughs> yes. <laughs> a lot. So I, yeah. And I mean, like, you know, I was like, okay, I get school. I'm good at school. I'm good yeah. at, you know, working. Like I can do this. And, and I'm, I'm a good planner, obviously, you know, like that's what I help other people do. And what was so funny is, is I was really able to use a lot of my, my skills. And what I found interesting is, is like, it's just such a different world from being in the, particularly in the healthcare space or the corporate space where everything has policies and everything has rules and everything is we do things a certain way and this was just like well you can do whatever you want but there's no guarantees that any of it's going to work right it's wild wild west so yes yeah. <laughs> yes figure it out well that I like that aspect and I like like that you talk about planning and organizing and that kind of stuff too because um you just said like you're a nurse you teach nursing you do all these other businesses and you have three kids <laughs> yeah <laughs> so like you have to be organized as heck. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I really like to be busy. I'm not, I ha- am somebody that like, I don't sit well, my husband would say. Um, yeah. If I'm sitting, I'm usually sleeping because like there, I have kind of two modes of like awake and doing lots of stuff or passed out. Yeah. And, but yeah, I think learning how to manage my professional job and to start a business and really that's become, you know, something that is a significant portion of my life and make sure that I'm giving my time to my children that I really, because they're the most important thing, um, them and my husband, you know, it, it does, it requires a lot of, it requires a lot of planning and it requires a lot of being strategic, but it also requires a lot of like lowering standards in places that I think a lot of us as women are taught to keep very high. So like, as an example, I'm, I am greatly missing my housekeeper right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a woman that we have come in and help clean the house every week. And for a really long time, I felt so guilty about that. I'm like, I should be keeping up on my house. I should be doing these things. And what I realized was, is when I could delegate out things that weren't either things that I really thoroughly enjoyed or were things that I personally didn't have to be doing, like someone else could do, I had so much more time to like be with my family and to, yeah. and to spend time doing what it was that I wanted and the work that only I could do. So I think that there's a lot of, and, and I did, I, I would actually be afraid to tell people that before. I don't know if I would have said that out loud before. Like, yeah, I have somebody who comes in and cleans my house every <laughs> single week because, you know, growing up, it was like, that's what you do. That's what, mm-hmm. you know, you take care of everything, including your home and the business. So that was, that was kind of an interesting shift that I found I had to make. And, you know, you just have to lower your standards some places and let things go and, and then really focus in on what matters yeah. to you. Yeah, you make the really good uh, points there. And it's just more or less like having um, a plan going forward and trying to balance everything all together and having, you know, you feel, especially women, we feel like we have to do it all. And yeah. just, you know, touching base on like the housekeeper thing, you know, having, asking for help. So how did that, I'm just curious to know, was that something you believed or do you think like that was a standard set for somebody else? Like that was the story that as women were supposed to do it all. And like, how did you move yeah. away from that? Like what gave you permission to let that go? Oh, that's such, I love that. Like what gave me permission? Because that is, you know, I think when I realized that I have, uh, there's a book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And he, t- yep. and he talks about, you know, the zone, yes, yeah, the zones of operation Genius. and and then he's talking about the zone of genius and the zone of genius is the place where like you could get lost for hours. It's the work that only you can do. You do it incredibly well. And when I read that book, I realized that so many places in my life, I was operating in the zones below that. And it was because of things that I felt like I should do. Mm-hmm. Um, it was because of things that had been placed on me externally from society, like messages I got growing up. And it's funny because I know a lot of people are confusing the millennial generation with Gen Z right now, but like millennial generation and those of us who are like in that, what, 25 to like 43 range, a lot of us grew up as children of women who went through third wave feminism and who said, you know, we can be it all, do it all, have it all. We don't need, we don't need anybody else if we, we can be it. And what I realized as, you know, a child of that generation I don't really want to be it all the time. Like I, I like, it doesn't feel good for me to feel like I have to hold up the standard high on my own in every single area of my life. What does feel good for me is to be able to focus in on my zone of genius and focus in on the things that I really love 
and then find other people who can support me in those other spaces where I'm not, where it's not my zone of genius. So my goal in life now is to literally just spend as much time in that genius zone as possible. And if I can pay somebody, if I can, you know, trade with someone, if I can help my kids learn something with a chore, like that's how it's going to happen. That, I mean, that book, if you guys, everyone listening, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks was, it was transformational um, for me. I mean, I've probably read the book six times because every time I, I read yeah. it, I'm learning something more and more about myself. It's, it's a phenomenal book because like Lee was saying is that we tend to operate at these lower levels and that's where we feel like we're always doing something, but we're never really like producing and I think that's yeah. kind of the, the set standards. Like yeah. at the end of the day, we've, we've done 600 things, but yet we've never done the things that, you know, amount to like moving the needle forward into the direction we want to go. So when you start yeah. thinking, what is something that's like your superpower? What are you really good at? What are things that just come natural to you? And, and that becomes your zone of genius and tapping into that and then building your life around what you're really, really good at that comes easily and naturally. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a business, but it's like when you stay in that zone, you just, you're in flow. And that's, I I love how you just put that because it's something us as women, we have to do it all. And it's at the end of the day, it's like, we're burning at both ends. We have nothing left. Oh yeah. There's no, there's no candle. You're not burning the candle at both ends. There's literally nothing left. Yeah. It's like just hot wax. (laughs) Yeah. This is something that I work with with practically all of my clients is they come to me and they're saying, Lee, you know, this is a question that I ask. And, I, if, you, and if you answer yes to this, I know that us working together is, is going to be helpful. I say, when you get in bed at the end of the night, do you feel completely exhausted? Like you've done so many things and does it not feel fulfilling? Are you like, is this all like, like is this it? Is, and if the answer is yes, that's how I feel, then like we got to shift some things. Like we have to get you in a space. And here's the other piece, because a lot of people take that zone of genius and think, oh, I have to create my own business. I have to become an entrepreneur. Like I have to, I can't possibly work for someone else and be in my zone of genius. And that's absolutely false. There are ways that I get to show up in my professional career every day that fulfill my zone of genius. And so the whole idea is, is wherever you're planted, wherever you're at in the current moment, you can find, like, even if, you, if you've just gotten laid off, if you're working part-time, if you're in a job that you weren't expecting to have to work right now because of everything that's going on, you can find ways to tap into what do I do so well that it truly sets me apart and do that wherever you're at. You can do it in your parenting. You can do it in your marriage, you know? So, yeah, I'm obsessed with that book, too. Every time I read it, I feel like I get another, like, another piece from it. So, right. Yeah. I mean, I highly recommend it. Just put it on repeat. It's just, it's so good. Yeah. Just like, okay. So having, having that identity of your um, zone of genius, how have you really tapped into it to like excel with where you are in that business? And like, how is it really like taken over your life and re- really freed up that time and opportunity as you're giving back to women now into your coaching as well as your, your other businesses as well? Sure. So one of my big other, I'm a big bibliophile. Like I'm all about the books. I'm usually reading like three books at a time. One of my other really favorite authors is Napoleon Hill. He wrote Think and Grow Rich. But one of the other books that he wrote that I'm actually a bigger fan of is something called Outwitting the Devil. Yes. And in that book, you know, I really love how he talks about when you're in your zone of genius, in order to truly live there, it has to come from a space of being in faith and not being 
fear-based, right? Right. So what I really started doing is I've, I've done a lot of mindset work and a lot of strategy work and hired my own coaches and, and done seminars and read to really realize, like, how can I tap back better into my own intuition? How can I really know and trust myself, like, what decisions need to be made? And from there, as I've gotten better at really knowing, like, what's a yes and what's a no for me, I stopped saying yes to a lot of things that weren't meant for me. And I started saying yes to things that felt scary, but were like where I think I needed to go. And from there, just some really cool experiences are happening. So first of all, my business has grown a lot from a coaching standpoint to the, to the point that, you know, I had to start saying, Hey, like I can't take any more clients because I still have this full-time job, which is an awesome thing. Yeah, that doesn't suck. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't suck. (laughs) But then the other piece was, is I actually, I had started putting myself out there more authentically and saying, you know, I trust myself that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. These are the messages I'm supposed to be sharing. And so started doing more Facebook lives, started putting more content out and actually got approached by an international company called Transformation TV that said, hey, we love what you're doing and we want to put you on our international platform and give you your own TV show and be able to spread your message to more people. And just from, and that was an opportunity that like a year ago, if you told me that was going to happen, I would have laughed in your face. Because yeah. that required me to do Facebook Lives that I wasn't loving doing at that point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and from there, I'm really excited to to be able to share with people now is I'm actually going part time in what was my full time job on May first, and mm-hmm. that is something that's been I my husband has been a stay at home dad and worked part time um, volunteering and for a really awesome faith based organization, and he's done that for like eight nine years now. And so to be able to say, hey, guess what? We're still going to make, like, we're still going to be able to maintain the exact lifestyle we have and have that same income. But I get to be home now with my kids. I get to be part of their life. Like, I get to actually have more time with the people that I love. That, for me, is like the icing on the cake of all yeah. of it. Yeah. That's what it's all about. That's, um, that's one of my favorite books, too. Putting the yeah, you're, you're labeling all the books that are just, like, sitting back here on my shelf. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I remember the first time I read that book, I was like, holy shit, I've been, I drifted a lot. Right. <laughs> I, know. I know. And uh, it's such a relevant book for like today, mm-hmm. like specifically today, right now, because I know yeah. a lot of people are like, well, I thought I knew what my zone of genius was, but I just lost my income or I just had, you know, I just had all of this life stuff thrown at me. And, and I love how in that, you know, it's the moments like this, it's the moments where things, where shit gets really hard. It's the moments where, you know, you get really put to the test that yeah. you have to then look at, like, am I going to operate from a space of faith or am I going to operate from a space of fear? And knowing that that fear is never going to get me where I want to go. Right. Right. And I think too, just tying in with like what you're doing too, with like helping people like through coaching and planning and organizing their day to day, like uh, exactly what you said. A lot of people are you fulfilled or exhausted. People are exhausted because they're just drifting through their daily life, wherever yeah. life pushes them, they're going and they're not having a specific course of action for what they actually want to achieve. So I think that's really important. And, um, like my husband, he's, he's so good at like what I, like things I learned from him is just like, he identifies first, like before anything, like what a goal is, like what he wants his life to look like, what, you know what I mean? All these non-negotiables and it's, and he's like, it makes my decision-making a lot easier. Does this align with what I want or not? (laughs) 
and it's easy yes or no, where sometimes I would be like, do I do this? Do I not do that? You know, like just going with the flow kind of, instead of having that like direct exact course and being able to discern if that aligns or takes away from what I want. Yeah. That's why I I think a lot of people like that drifting piece you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of people for them, that's the confusion. They get stuck in like decision fatigue or overwhelm. Mm -hmm. And I always say this is like, if you're feeling confused about making a decision, it's usually because your heart and your, or excuse me, your head and your heart have differing opinions. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, in your heart and your gut, what it is you're supposed to be doing, but your head is telling you that it feels scary or your head is telling you that it's not reasonable. Or your head is telling you that all of the programming you've gotten over the last three decades says that this is a bad idea. And so, so often like we'll listen to our head, not remembering that like, that has a lot of junk in it that maybe doesn't, doesn't actually apply. Right. And our, our brains are literally designed physiologically to keep us safe, to keep us from expending energy and trying new things and doing things that are like exciting, but scary or different and require us to learn or change or grow. Our brains don't want to do that. Right. Cause that means that it's going to get more tired. It's going to have to work harder. So your brain is literally going to try to stop you because not because, your body has something against you, but because that's, that's how it's designed. And so, you know, when I learned that and I read out winning the devil and I learned about the drifting, I was like, Oh my gosh, this makes decision-making so much easier because all I have to do when I'm feeling conflicted or confused is ask myself, what is my head saying? And what is my heart saying? And if I can figure out the difference, I'm always going to go with the heart. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, You got it. Exactly. And I think overall, when, when we get in our heads and we overthink everything, we analyze, we create this like bigger worst case scenario. And that's really like fear creeping in by the thought. And it's like when you get that clarity of what is right, you know, like how, talking about with Ryan's decision, he's very clear on it. And almost just writing it down so there is no misguided, you know, right or wrong is, you know, am I overthinking it or am I having too many emotional feelings behind it? Just getting centered with what your, your why and your mission as to like, why, why this decision would be important. And I know for me, when I fear creep in, like it has, I'm very in tune with how it feels. And I'm like, immediately, I'm like, I know that that's fear. And so what can I do today to correct that? And, you know, like, stay with a faith base, which is, you know, when we talk about faith, it's, it's having the confidence in yourself and knowing what your purpose and your why is and staying on, it's like your North star to staying on track. Yeah. So anything that tries to steer you off of that, especially fear, because fear will come in the moment we doubt it. That's where we get back on track. And we're just like, no, this is what I'm called to do. This is what, you know, what aligns with our like soul. And so that to me, as soon as I feel that come in, I'm just like, see you later fear. <laughs> I mean, it's gotta takes, go. That takes practice. That takes yeah. practice. And I think, right. I think it, if, you know, if you grew up like learning that you listen to fear, if you, if you weren't raised and the, the programming you've received over your life is that you stay in the safe zone and you listen to the fear, I tell you what, like, that's going to take a while to, to right. undo. And it, I still have it happen all the time. I get, I've gotten to the point now where when I go to make a big decision, if I feel like I'm going to throw up, like that's my fear. Fear for me is my stomach hurts. Like I feel like I'm going to puke. And so I always have to ask myself, okay, I feel like I'm going to puke, so I'm scared. Am I excited about what happens? Or do I feel like I'm, I'm like, is it a yes or is it a no? And 
if it's a yes, I know that this is something that really matters. So like, I got to lean into this big, like I have to say, okay, fear, I see you. You're going to, I'm going to put you in the front seat. We're going to go for a drive. You're allowed to come along, but you're not the one in control because it, because, because I do want to make this decision. And it's just really like learning how to get in touch with your own body and understanding you're right. Like how fear shows up for you, because for other people, it's different. Right. I mean, yours, like you said, it, you feel like this nausea, feeling like you're going to vomit. For me, it's this sudden, like my, my head feels like it's going to explode, the sense of overwhelm, mm-hmm. like crushing. And so when I feel that, I could feel like my inside, I, I breathe have, or faster and my heart races and I start to just get like, like tense. It's just something that I recognize physiologically. And when I, I sense that coming on, I take this huge deep breath and I'm just like, why is this like making me afraid? What am I anxious about? What am I worried about? And so when I have to turn it that way, I already realize like, this isn't like, for me, it's not like God pushing me there. There's something preventing me. And that's the fear. And, yeah. um, you know, just being really in tune with who you are. And I know for me, like a big part of that was journaling um, yes. and just writing yes. down what, when things would come up, um, you know, having the cognitive relation between like identifying and then writing it down. So when this occurs, you can go back and recognize these things. And now journaling is huge for, for me as well as you. So I know that you have this really super cool journal, right? Like your whole, oh, you yeah. The re- yeah. So I, um, when I was really starting to go through a lot of my own process of like understanding my mind, like going through mindset. I am a planner and I have, I've probably owned, gosh, like over a hundred planners in my entire life. And I knew that I was like, I need to create something for myself. So this was purely for me. I was like, I need to create something for myself that allows me to, with all of these things going on now that I started this business, plan effectively, really know what I need to do. And so I went, my husband and I went on a, we, every year we go on a solo vacation. We, the grandparents take the three kids we go somewhere. And so for the first half, my husband was at a Tony Robbins um, life mastery event. And I was like, I'm going to take five days. I took every single one of my personal development journals, like conference manuals, everything. I had a whole suitcase. And I was like, I'm going to take these down there with me. I'm going to pull out everything I need, everything I want. And I'm going to create something that works for me. And so my, (laughs) this planner was born out of it. I didn't even have a name for it. And the next three months were like epic. Like things went really well. And I had a, a bunch of people saying, oh my gosh, like things are like, what are you doing? Like, how, how are you organizing stuff? And one of the women was a graphic designer and she saw what I had created and she was like, oh, we have to do something with this. And I said, well, what are you talking about? She's like, other people need this, Lee. And so I, I laugh now looking back at it because I created a planner without planning to create it. And so, yeah, so it's, it's a planner. It's a, it's a quarterly planner that really allows you to bring in the mindset piece. Um, look at where you're showing up from a sleep and from a hydration and from an exercise and from a um, spiritual standpoint, like really holistically looking at everything. And then it teaches you really uh, what's called a 4D process. So how can you make sure that the way that you are focusing in your time on a daily and weekly um, quarterly basis is not just on the urgent things, but on the important things. And so we get so wrapped up in the urgent. And this is the, I'm productive, I'm busy, but I'm not fulfilled. 
Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's a way to really look at what are the things that if I worked on consistently would bring me fulfillment, but if I achieved them would be like, wow, this really means something to me. And then making sure that you're prioritizing those on a consistent basis. And then the back half of the planner is a journal. So there's enough pages for you to have a daily um, journal page. And so it's, it's something that um, I've had. And the, the fun part, I think, for me about it, the best part is giving it to other people is seeing how they have kind of tweaked it and done different things with it. And that's one of our, our philosophies at the Right Center. So it's like, you have to figure out what works for you. So if there's a part of this that like you don't, that isn't working for you, like scratch off the list and use the box for something else, you know, like come up with a way that, you know, try it our way and then bring in the elements that you find that help you so that you can truly be as productive as possible. So it's just been a really fun, just a fun thing that just kind of came out of nowhere and has grown really quickly. And we have a community now of over 200 people. We have a membership site where people can come and do daily planning challenges and get like free principles and just do lots of really fun stuff. So I unwittingly created like a whole community of people that are very similar to me. And so now it's just super fun to be able to come in there all the time. Right. Right. And and I think just, uh, you know, like you said, you, you created a planner without planning to create. I love that, that yeah. whole like, flip, but I know. you know, and like us, I mean, as women, it's like, we start to wonder like, what are we, what can we do? What can we like create something or how can you like, you know, really hone in on something that you're passionate about. It's like, if you find something that you love or feel a need for, it's like, that's something that you can improve upon or make it better. Like if you're, you're not the only person who like thought of this. Right. So it's like, if you thought of it, other people are going to want it as well. And so like, that's just something like for me, like I'm always thinking, I'm like, well, if I didn't like something, then I'm probably, you know, not the only person who didn't like this. So how can I make something better that other people also will enjoy as well? So kind of that same concept is like, when we talk about like entrepreneurial things, like finding a need for it and then making it better or creating it. Yeah. You know, if I had, I think if I had thought about it more, I might've even held myself back. Right. Because it's, oh, well, there's like a zillion planners and and how is this going to be any different? And Mm -hmm. At the same time, like you said, you know, I think that holds a lot of us back. How is anything I'm going to do different than what someone else has done? Even if it's just a tiny bit different, sometimes it's the fact that you're the one delivering it. Sometimes it's the fact that people needed to hear it from you. And if they had heard it from Joe Schmo, who created something that's 99.9% the same, they wouldn't have even listened. And this is something that changes their life. So that what is something that kind of helps me keep going sometimes when I'm like, oh, this is already, it's, everything's already been done. Like yeah. we, innovation is usually just like you said, just taking something that already exists and making it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So, and as entrepreneurs, I think that that is remembering that and knowing that it can be really comforting because it's okay if somebody's done something similar, nobody's done it quite like you and they're not going to deliver the message exactly like you are. Right. So that's something uh, you, kind of leading into another thing. Erin and I actually talked about this earlier this week about really like the women, we suffer from like imposter syndrome because we think that oh, yeah. if, if somebody else has already done it, so who am I? Right. So that's fear creeping in. Like it'll make you doubt yeah. who, who am I to do this? Who am I to create or build or something like that? And it leads to this sense of like imposter syndrome where one of the things like, like Lee said, I mean, innovation is really about creating something better, whether it's like a small detail different or vastly different. 
it's nothing is original. Every thought that you have has been thought before. Everything that you want to create has already been created before. Unless you're like the first on the scene, like some pioneer of like, you know, it all goes back to reinventing right. the wheel. We're all, we're, something's already there and we're fine tuning and building upon it. So for me, when I feel like that creepiness of like imposter syndrome, it's just like, if you keep in mind who you're creating this for or who you're serving, that person has never heard of it from somebody else. And like that, they're ready and willing at that time to receive your message. And so yeah. that, that keeps me going is that everybody is at um, different stages in their life. And it's like that, that saying, um, you know, the teacher appears when the student's ready. So you can be putting out oh, yeah. content day after day after day, but that person is receiving it when their time is right. Yes. And people need to hear things multiple times. Oh, absolutely. I think we forget, like, we forget that, and this is so true in entrepreneurship, right? They say, what does it take? Like seven touch points or seven follow-ups on average for people to buy something from you. We forget that that is that way with messaging as well, because as a coach and as somebody who teaches, sometimes I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over and just in a slightly different way. And what's so funny is I'll have, I have some like really close followers who, when I put stuff out, like they're the first people to to watch it and, or they're the first people to listen to it. And, and then I'm looking at it going, but you guys have heard this before. And they're like, oh, but you said it in just this way that like today made it click. And I'm like, I've literally said this 17 times. (laughs) But the cool part about that is like, you get to practice and keep sharing what you know and what you know. And then from there, you get to trust that people are going to receive it and, and that they need to hear it multiple times. Like I see this with students too. They, yeah. they have to hear and they have to play with concepts and kids. They have to see things over and over in order for it to finally click and make sense. It's not that last time that it just suddenly turned over. It's the multiple times before that, that allowed for that last time to work. Right. So when you're, that brings up a good question though. So like when you're creating your content that you put out for your social media, could you say like, you're saying the same thing <laughs> over and over I, again, whether you're saying it or writing it, but like, how do you as a person yourself personally get jacked up and motivated and to be like, all right, I'm going to go on and I'm going to say the same shit I've said the past 15 times <laughs> and bring it, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You know, I think it really, cause it's, it is a little different every time. And I think for me, so I don't know if you guys are familiar with like the human design have you heard yep. of this before? Yeah. It's kind of woo-woo. I'm not even sure if I still like 100% believe in it. However, it's something that I'm, I'm science-based. Like I'll explore a lot of things. I'll look at things. And so I am somebody who does, a, like, I create content best when I see and hear from other people what it is that they need. And so I'm not somebody who can just like pull content out of thin air. I'm somebody that'll like read a post. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to write about that. I have to talk about that. And so that actually keeps me out of feeling like, oh, I'm saying the same thing again. Because when I get information from other people, I can then tweak that message to be delivered around a certain topic or around a certain problem or challenge that someone's having. And honestly, I think I just, I could talk about this kind of stuff all day, every day and never get exhausted about it, which is how I know it's my zone of genius. So yeah, I have to actually stop myself sometimes from putting content out. I'm like, you've already put out content for today, like save it for another day. (laughs) Like don't overwhelm people. So yeah. Yeah. 
Well, you put out a lot of great stuff too. And I'm like, and Rachel too, like both of you guys, it's like a difference in like, I don't know if it's like a personality thing or whatever too, but like, cause I, I know from obviously following the both of you, you guys put out really great stuff and it's like longer than stuff I would put out, I guess. And like, well thought out. And then I'm just such a, like, I, I don't know. I'm just, I don't write out that long. It's just me, I guess, as a personality thing. Like I'm a quick, like, I don't want to sit on my phone for, you know what I mean? And type it all out. And so sometimes I guess like, it's like a question of like, wow, am I really as effective because I'm like putting these two or three sentences And it's the imposter syndrome piece, right? Because there's people who who hate, like there are people who hate my post, Erin. There are people that that are like, oh my gosh, what is it? TLDR? They're like, give me the point, right? (laughs) And then, then there are other people that are like, that's all they like if I stopped doing that they would be sad so your people and my people they may overlap because the people who are similar probably Mm -hmm. don't care about how long the post is they care about something else and so it's a it's an imposter syndrome piece though right because for a while I was trying to shorten my content and do it in different ways and do it in ways that you know I saw other people doing and it was like that's never going to work if I'm trying to be somebody else right it's never going to land Um, and it's not going to feel authentic to people because people's BS meter right now is like super (laughs) sensitive. Yeah. They, they can, they can see that and just like red flags everywhere. That was, that's something that even, even my content, I know it's been longer. So those who follow and listen, I'm sorry that it's been a bit longer, but there's always that point to it because I'm really trying to craft that message to make you think. And that's, you can't, for me and like what I do, it can't be just equipped in like these short bits because it consistently goes through everything that I have my message built around where when I shorten it, it almost doesn't feel like for me, I don't feel like I made my message clear. So there is a bit longer post in there. And I know, um, you know, some people are like, Oh my gosh, it's so long. I have to scroll through. Like, I know. (laughs) Yeah. and, And that's, that's fine. It's like, but it's going to resonate with the person at the time of when they need it. And I know that it's great to like mix up your message every now and then, like some longer, some medium, some shorter posts. And then, cause it doesn't yeah. always have to be so deep and meaningful and serious, but yet the context of like the work that, that we're in is really to provoke like thinking reflection, um, kind of stop you in that track to like, wow, okay. I, I didn't think of it that way and bring some awareness and insight to our, um, like who we are so that we can become better. And that's like, for me, like my whole fit from within message, like you got to work on the inside because the external doesn't really matter. Like if you don't have the insides working, what good is the outside? And you know, I think, I think that's such a great point of like people, you know, depending on what you're doing with people, your zone of genius is really helping people recognize that there's a process they need to like, that they need to think about, that there's a mindset shift that needs to happen. And to be honest, Aaron, going back to like that whole, what jacks you up to say the same thing. I don't think people realize how many times when I'm writing my content, I'm writing to myself. Like I am, what you are reading is what I just processed. And so I'm taking a lesson that just landed for me and sharing it with others with the hope that they don't have to necessarily have as much pain or as much, you know, self-judgment or whatever I just went through. It's, it's a way to say, Hey, like this sucks. And like, here's the, here's the silver lining that can come from it every time. Yeah. And that, that I think is the takeaway for the message. Cause I know that, you know, especially with social media and content is really about adding value and over delivering. And I think that no matter what the value is, it's going to be received the way it needs to. And, and that's, you know, 
Lee and I like sharing those kind of life lessons because if I learn something, well, by all means, I don't want to see somebody sit in that pit of like whatever I just went through. So I'm going to lend a, you know, a helping hand and be like, Hey, listen, this is how I pulled out. Like, this is the content. This is the lesson. This is silver lining. Here it is. But everybody learns differently. And it's really about trying to mix it up too, as well as like not always being so for me, lesson teaching, but yet show a bit of like some quirkiness or some silly side of me too, to balance that out. Because it's not like I sit around and like reflect inward and like deep think all day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's why I actually like dabbled in, I I don't want to even say dabbled. Like I, I had a pretty good run in network marketing for like a few years before I realized I wanted to be my, like do my own business. And one of the best things that I learned about that is like, you're the brand and like people need to be able to see 360 of the brand in order to not be like, oh my gosh, like she's giving me another life lesson today. So like this morning I posted up, I, I was doing my mindset work. So I brought the idea of, hey, look, like I'm doing mindset work every day. Right. I'm sitting at my desk doing my daily mindset work. And I look up and my son has snuck in and is sitting in like this ridiculous pose on my bed. And, and it cracked me up because it reminds me of my husband when he's trying to get my attention. And so like I posted that and people are like laughing and thinking it's <laughs> funny. And like, right. you know, so that's the other side of me. I'm silly. Like I, I like to make jokes. Like I like to pull in my kids and my husband into that content. And it lets people see like, oh, she's a real human. And like, right. oh, like her bed's not perfectly made. And you know, those types of things. Right. Yeah. That's it is what- good to share all those, those pieces. Right. I think I'm probably the just exact opposite, I guess, in my content as you were. I lead with more the fun, quirky, everyday stuff. And then we'll put in some stuff that makes people think like, Oh, maybe she does actually work on herself too. But <laughs> so when you do I'm that, more than then just it, it fun stops, people. <laughs> yeah, but then you, it stops people. Like people go, "Oh, whoa, hold on a second. Like Sharon put out something new. Like let me look at this." And and that's the whole point of it is you're multi-dimensional, so people don't just get used to the message that you're putting out. And we grow and we change as people over time too. And so I think that right. I don't know about you all, but I love going back and like the memories. Oh yes, yes. Book every year, and I'm like, I'm like, this is, I'm like, oh, I wrote some good stuff here. Like, hold on, let me pull that forward. Or like, you know, yeah, you ever look at stuff you grow. wrote? And you're like, who? Why did I ever think I should share that with people? All of my stuff, you can tell that I was definitely not as mindset focused and spiritually yeah. connected about from like 2008 to 2012 like every time I read one of those posts I'm like oh Lee honey like what like but that was before right and it's cool and to see the growth from there because yeah. all of those were complaints and like just trying to get through the day and like stuff that I'm like why would I ever share that oh, or just what you were doing I was. yeah like, huh? mine were always like I'm going to the mall today who gives who cares <laughs> like Aaron is uh going to the park like <laughs> There's like the dumbest stuff that's on there, but. But so it's like the original Facebook. Yeah. And it's cool now to see that progression because like how you've changed over time and these memory hops are awesome. And then like going back into like journals or just, you know, kind of just sitting like, where were you last year? Whether it's like, you know, envisioning it, this is kind of cool. So like when Aaron asked about like, you know, how do you get jacked up to do the same thing every day? I always think of it as like an artist, right? So how many times have they sang their song all the time? Right. But you could feel, you know, they don't necessarily sing it with falling flat. They have an emotion that you could feel the passion, the intensity, it all comes through them. And I feel like when you're in that zone and you're so passionate about what you do, it will always come through you. And that's where people can, you know, smell it, 
or, you know, like red flags or whatever. So if you're not being authentic on to yourself and on brand as to like what your message and mission is, that's where it creates the confusion. Right. Yeah. Or you're not even sharing yourself at all. Right. That's a, that's a huge thing I see. And for a little while in my business, I I was like, I just want to help all of these network marketers out here that I'm only seeing posts of their products and I'm not seeing them. I'm like, I want to see you. I want to know why I want to buy it from you because I can buy this from 16 million other people. Like show me you. But that's probably been the single hardest lesson to learn is like, for me is the more authentic you get and the more real and raw and vulnerable you get, the less, yes, like you're, you're going to feel better about yourself, but you got to get prepared for some people to really not like your shit. Like you got to get prepared for people to write some really nasty stuff. And right. because the more you do that, the more people are going to call you out and, and say some stuff that you're like, wow, okay, that was, I'm going to go cry in a corner for a minute and then have to pull myself back together. Right. So that's, that's probably been, I think like looking back at the memory piece is I'm not just, I, I'm really sharing more of this is who I am. And this is exactly like how I think and how I feel and how I'd like to help and what I believe. And right. also opening myself up to like, okay, whose opinion actually matters. And it's not, to say, it's not to say that when we get these negative, you know, feedbacks or comments or something like that, that doesn't sting, but cause we're human. Cause it, we, we still, we still feel, but you know, I'm learning to take it as a, you know, kind of just taking some punches, right. You know, it's a grain of salt, like it is what it is. And, but the positives outweigh that negative and people, when they respond so negatively, it's typically out of a fear base, like something you've said, sure. something. Sure, in yeah. Them. And, and I know you've poked, I mean, you poked a bear. Right. And so <laughs> I mean, when we talk about books, one of my other favorites is uh, the four agreements and one of my biggest agreements yes. there. Yeah. Don't take things personal. And I was just like, yeah. you know, this isn't about me. That person is really upset or they're triggered by something that isn't about me. And that really helps me put that to bed sooner right. than falling on something and feeling like it, I felt attacked because it wasn't about me. Right. Yeah. yeah. The so, question I always ask when that happens is, this, these are these are the things that I do whenever someone gets upset with me or when somebody responds in a way that I wasn't expecting. I say, okay, was I honest? Was I kind? And did I act in alignment with my values and morals? Absolutely. Because if I was those three things and they're still mad, I don't care. Like, I know that sounds harsh, but like, I care, I care that you're upset, but I, I'm not going to take ownership for trying to mitigate or manage any of those feelings. Right. And if I, and if the answer was no to one of those, then I know I've got to say, sorry, I know I've got to fix something, but either way, I know where the responsibility lies very clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. So where would people go if they wanted to contact you or reach out to you or find you or connect with you or listen yeah. to all your stuff? <laughs> Or do anything. You know, there's a lot of ways, I guess. I know. There's lots of ways to find me. So, okay. So if you're interested in just like me, which I Who you know, feels a little weird, but <laughs> sure. Yeah. All the things. Facebook is my jam. I know I've tried, like I'm on Instagram. I'm there. However, I'm an older millennial that is still like a big Facebook girl. So just Lee, L-E-E, B Cordell. Okay. And make sure you put the C in there because my husband's name is also Lee Cordell. That's so crazy. <laughs> I know where the leaves. Yeah, so um, it's a picture of a woman, not a picture of a man. If you see a picture of a man, you're friending my husband, so or you're following my husband. He's pretty cool too. However, right. Um, and then if you're interested in the planner, which we would love to have you connect with us and, and be part of that community, 
uh, you can go to the Wright Planner Co. So it's uh, the word the, and then Wright is W-R-I-C-E, Planner, and then co.com, the WrightPlannerCo.com. Or you can just search the Wright Planner in Google. We come up. Got it. That's true. All those okay. things. Yeah, we're going to definitely put all that in the show notes too. And then um, we'll include it in the comments here because uh, we're actually doing our very first live. So this was- kind of forgot. I know. I know. I've been- I was looking at you and then I was like, oh, hi. (laughs) Yeah, we could talk about this forever and ever, but um, I think this was a longer episode, but we've had so much to talk about. So yeah, I mean, definitely we're going to put all that content out there. And so hopefully you guys can connect with Lee further and just go from there. I mean, we've got such great stuff here. So just want to thank you, Lee, for being a part here and to follow you on your journey as well. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. This is so fun. You two ladies are amazing and I'm honored to be here with you. So thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Confident Woman podcast. For more ways to connect with us, check out our Facebook group. It's the Confident Woman on Facebook. There's a ton of amazing ladies in that group that you can connect with as well. My Instagram is at Aaron underscore travels for life. Make sure you go ahead and follow that and follow Rachel as well. What is yours, Rachel? You can follow me on all social medias at I am Rachel Brooks. Awesome. Thanks so much. Look forward to checking you next week.